0: Welcome back to the Gridiron Game Podcast, week 10 review show. Here to break it all down, got my boy Juice Sauce back in the building. Yeah, real sauce out here. Fresh off assignment, and we're going to hop right in with the Monday nighter, the Denver Broncos taking down the Buffalo Bills on the road in Buffalo, 24-22. Jesse, how's this one feeling, man?
1: That's three straight for the Broncos, man. Couldn't be happier, to be honest, after that 1-5 start, we're now 4-5. and five. That's right. I say work cuz I fucking live for this shit. So anybody that says yeah, you know put a team suck it. But yeah, that was just a great game. I mean, one of the best primetime games of the year. Had everything you could have could have wanted, including that wild finish. Like, can you believe that finish, quite frankly?
0: That could send a fan right to the mental ward, man. I That's mean, for sure. <laughs>
1: the emotions that I went through. <laughs> Will Lutz running out there. Boom! Wide right. <laughs> I was like I literally was like he missed it. And then seeing that flag And then just getting the kick in there, I mean, unbelievable.
0: No, it's hard to even, like, put into words that entire football game. It was just chaos from the get-go. The very first play for the Buffalo Bills getting stripped. uh, James Cook going down the left.
1: Jaquan McMillan, baby. Like,
0: that was just crazy, man. Like, right from the word go, you could tell there was going to be absolute madness in this game. You could hear the whole stadium deflate within a matter of 10 seconds. Uh, Bills Mafia holding their breath, just hoping for the best. Josh Allen, I mean, like, this guy's a real-life roller coaster, man. He's, like, so unbelievably good when he wants to be. He can make plays that no one else really can in this league, and then these just turnovers are piling up, man, and they're really starting to hurt this team now.
1: Yeah, that's another... Uh, they had four turnovers in that game on Monday night against the Broncos, three of them from Josh Allen, uh, two two interceptions. One of the them fumble. was un- inexplicable. The I handoff. Want, yeah, like, I it's know. Like, just, it fell out of his hands. My God, dude. And, uh... You know, uh, ultimately, Ken Dorsey ended up p- paying the price for those uh, that game. He got fired. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, how did he get fired? You know, their seventh offense, all this stuff. But I think if you watch the film for all the games, like they can never really get into a rhythm offensively. It's like some splash, splash plays from Josh Allen um like the, for instance the run game was cooking that game right and and they just continued to throw the ball and, and try to will it out of Josh Allen Ken Dorsey a former quarterback right so uh, I think that's part of the reason also I think you know Sean McDermott the head coach is on the hot seat and, and he had to he's feeling the pressure covering need, his own ass he for needed sure. a an scapegoat and you know uh we predicted actually like Buffalo wasn't going to make the playoffs and I think if this continues you know they're not going to make it I mean I think Denver's, quite frankly, a better football team from top, like a better complete team, you know? Like they might not have a Josh Allen or a Stephon Diggs, but they played on, on Monday good good football in all three units, special teams, defense, and offense.
0: Yeah, man, and you just mentioned it. Uh, playoffs are now a question. It's They're sitting at 500. It's a hyper-competitive AFC conference this year. You got a lot of teams hovering right around that 500 mark, and just to bang off the rest of their schedule here, they got the Jets at home. They're going to Philadelphia the following week. Then they're on their bye week. Uh, They're at Kansas City, at home against the Cowboys, at the Chargers, at home against the Patriots, and at the Dolphins. So, I mean, just reading that schedule, that sounds like four quick losses that can happen at a snap of the fingers. I'm not saying that any games are played on paper, but even the Jets can pose their questions with their defense, and even the Patriots we've seen at times play the Bills like very competitively usually I mean,
1: the point... Plain and simple, the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills week one. Aaron Rodgers was out four plays into the game. And the Patriots have already beat the Bills too this year. So that's great points that you make, Eli. Um, you know, they're going to have to... I was kind of surprised they fired the coach on a Monday, on a Tuesday morning with a quick turnaround play Crazy. Sunday. Sunday. Uh, Joe Brady takes over, former uh, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. He was also the offensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers uh, that magical year with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. But uh, heading back to the Broncos, you know... Really liked the game plan from Sean Payton. You could tell they wanted to get down to third down. When they wanted third down in a phone booth, they would run it, pound it, third and shorts all game. They Every time they did have a third and long from a penalty, they weren't able to uh, convert. So you know they wanted these third and, third and shorts and make Russ kind of work, work his little magic. And uh, I thought Russ was pretty sharp, you know, nothing too crazy, but I just want to bang this stat out right here. Russ has the highest uh, passer rating in the red zone this year, 117. Um, He's been efficient in the red zone all year, Um, you know, going for it fourth down. uh, I hated, I love going for it. I hated the play call rolling out left, but then Russ just did magic. He broke two sacks. It looked like he was throwing it out of bounds and just an incredible catch by Cortland Sutton in the back of the end zone. You know, Javante Williams ran his tail off. He's he's just so physical. I mean, he brings his hard hat every time he touches the ball. You better go low on him because you know he's gonna go low and he's trying to run right through you. He almost never gets tackled by the first guy. I mean, that's part of the reason why I love him. He sets a tone for us offensively, quite frankly, Eli. And uh, yeah, you know, I just that's beating the Chiefs, beating the Bills. I mean, I know the Bills aren't where they are right now, like the previous years but that's still a huge win for this Denver team uh you can just see the culture changing right in front of our eyes um I haven't seen a team that Denver team this confident in years and uh I'm excited for the future man I'm excited for Sean Payton I think Sean Payton's in his bag right now quite frankly
0: yeah and you sent me a tweet uh last night Cortland Sutton made a hilarious. Uh, Caption post with Russell Wilson, but it's just kind of speaking to everyone buying into this culture and now they're rallying behind each other You didn't really see like any vocal signs of support last year at all going through the down times and now it's like They're like, hey, we we got beat up bad to start the year But we're back now and we're bringing this like hard-hitting mentality with us and Russ deserves respect at this point for sure He deserves acknowledgement because it deserves he's, apologies he's put for up 18 me. touchdowns he's put up four interceptions the passing yards are down but that's large in part due to game scripts that's large in part due to Sean Payton how he's manipulating this offense into being competitive into controlling more time in the games as well as what I'm noticing especially since Russ shat the bed in that primetime matchup against the Chiefs And since then, he's been nothing short of nearly perfect completion percentage-wise, especially in the red zone, not turning the ball over, no interceptions. So he's bounced back in a big way. The whole team's bounced back since then. And the defense, like, they're leading by example, too. Like, you got your guy back. You were saying it all offseason to me. Baron Browning's the real deal. He's a presence. And he's back, and he's bringing the whole team up with him right now, too. 100%.
1: You know, Patrick Sertan just, I mean... Stephon Diggs, one catch for 10 yards against Sertan, locked up all game. And and Josh Allen, quite frankly, he, like I feel like he just knew. Like he wasn't even looking Diggs' direction for majority of the game. Strapped the fuck up by number two. That's how he does it. And uh, I just again credit to Sean Payne and Vance Joseph for not losing this team after that one in five start. 70 hung on their head. I don't know how many I don't know how many coaches wouldn't lose the locker room. And seriously. Shout out to Vance Joseph, man. This guy has this defense playing at an extremely high level. They forced nine turnovers the last two games, and that's against two of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. And uh, if they keep playing like this, man, like they're a tough, t- they're gonna be a tough team to beat. Like like straight up, man.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh. Huge game, primetime, Sunday night football, Minnesota riding in hot, Joshua Dobbs. Five
1: game win streak. Got them
0: fired up, they got them looking good, so it's two teams, two big win streaks on the line and playoff implications now on the line, and Bills will turn around at home again to the New York Jets, as I previously just mentioned. Speaking of the Jets, we got them against the Raiders this week, 16-14 win for Las Vegas, that's two straight under their new uh, interim head coach. 16-12,
1: 16-12, because uh, the Jets didn't score a
0: single touchdown. Yeah, 16-12. What the hell did I say? 14. 16, no, no, hell no. The, the they Jets, can't hit 14. Jets scoring a touchdown. Yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? 16-12 was the final score there. Um, yeah, and this is just two horrible offenses living up to the pregame hype, living up to the expectations. No one was really thinking about a big offensive shootout in this one. I believe the over-under was set at like 34 points or something, so well under that still too. Uh, one thing to take note of is two games in a row now under the new coach Josh Jacobs has had his season high in touches out of the backfield he's produced near 100 yards in both games now so they're kind of finding that new identity I still think Aiden O'Connell's like I, I don't know this guy's just not an NFL quarterback he's not better than Jimmy Garoppolo that's for sure so I don't know how far they expect this guy to take this team but this team's 500 right now and that's beyond hilarious to me Jesse
1: I'm just going to say, you know, uh, like, everyone knows I'm a Broncos fan. You know, the Broncos beat the, the Chiefs and the Bills. You don't see these guys smoking stogies in the, in the locker room and shit. The Raiders just beat the Giants and the Jets, and they're acting like they're, like, the fucking toughest thing out here. So Tommy that, DeVito. And Zach and Wilson. Zach Wilson. And, and more importantly, Nathaniel Hackett. So, the Jets haven't scored a touchdown in over 10 quarters. Um, the Jets have 9 touchdowns on the year. Russell Wilson has 18 Samuel Hackett should be in jail for what he fucking did last year with the Broncos. This guy's a joke. He's terrible. Um, he's a, he's literally a joke. I, I just this guy makes me angry. I feel bad for Zach Wilson. You can see the talent. He had a beautiful no look pass. That was crazy. But uh, he he did have a bad interception at the end. But also just, like, he flashes his talent. Like, that Hail Mary at the end of the game was an insane play by him. Rolling out to his left. He, he did the fucking stutter step on Max Crosby and threw the ball 60 yards in the air running to his left.
0: Like, falling on And if it wasn't like, for
1: uh, Ty- Tyler Conklin, the tight end on the Jets. What a swat down,
0: man. What a great, <laughs> what a great defensive effort. Darren Wilson would play. have straight
1: up caught that ball, man. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> oh, just nuts. ugly football game by two mediocre teams at best i will say the jets have an elite defense i don't think the raiders have an elite defense but the jets have an elite defense their defense is fun to watch in these tough games uh that they play they're they're at least fun to watch but yeah josh jacobs you know they're trying to set the uh, antonio pierce is trying to set the the tone there they're a run first team try to let aiden o'connell do his thing and play action but yeah there's just not too much ounce to write home here on this game i mean the Raiders have a tough one coming up against the Dolphins.
0: Uh I just can I can't get over that they're 500 right now, man. Like that's got to be like There's a few shocks for me this year for just, like, team records at this point, and that's got to be, like, right at the top of the list for me. I'm
1: going to just go out on a limb here and say the Raiders aren't even going to come close to sniffing the playoffs when it's all said and done. I know they're 5-5 and right now, but, you know, there's better teams out there than them, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, way better teams. The Jets
1: should have won this game, quite frankly. I mean, (laughs) like, talk about firing Ken Dorsey. Like, Nathaniel Hackett's got to go, man. Like, this guy's a, a goof, dude.
0: Like, that's brutal, dude. Um... Yeah, so who who did you say the Raiders have? So the Raiders
1: week? have the Dolphins uh coming up here. That's and then
0: a- the Jets are in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, not a lot to write home about there either. And speaking of not a lot to write home about, um I guess the Dallas Cowboys are still waiting for their divisional rivals to show up for one of their games, because it's, uh, it's a 2-0 sweep, and it's, I think, 89 points to 17 against the Giants this Hilarious. year. Um, that's
1: exactly what it is. Yeah,
0: there's not really a lot to talk about here. I mean, besides from Dak, I gotta shout him out. Like, oh, that's man. 400 yards. Like, he's he's really cooking now. He's
1: playing the best football of his career. And he's like... just
0: going to his boy over and over and over again. That's C D Lamb, and C D Lamb showing up in a big way, like... Um, me and you look at C D Lamb in a different way than most people do because we take note of the fact that he doesn't line up outside the numbers and he doesn't take the corners on one on one. He does a lot of incredible work out of the slot, however, though.
1: He's balling right now, There's
0: and that's that all balling. that matters. Like it doesn't really matter where you get it done, but like characteristic wise, like he's not the same receiver as A J Brown. He can't do the same physical no. attributes as he can, but like he's just playing his role so perfectly and he's finding these pockets of space with so much ease at this point, and they're really dicing guys up now.
1: Absolutely, Eli. Couldn't have said it better myself. And that's 12 straight home wins for the Cowboys. They're just a different team at AT&T Stadium on that fast track. They fly around, they have confidence, they feed off the crowd. And this was the largest gap of yards between two teams in NFL history really oh my quick. Oh god, really? Yeah, man. I'm um, just going to bang this over right here. The Cowboys had 640 yards of offense to the Giants' 172 so, I mean this, I can't
0: even believe they had a hundred. It didn't I feel know, like that. I know, really, I And Barkley,
1: like, it's probably all Barkley. Like, Tommy DeVito is not an NFL quarterback. I don't even know if that guy's a CFL quarterback straight <laughs> up. He's an accountant or something, man. I don't know what his deal is, but uh, there's just not too much else to say here. I mean, the Cowboys have the Panthers coming up yeah. here, which is just you know good. There's yeah, yeah. Giants have another divisional game against Washington, and I I expect Sam Howell to just dice him up too right now.
0: Go for five hundred, my boy Sam. Go for five hundred in that one. Add on to that season leading total that you got going there. Yeah, let's move along from that, Jesse. Like, it's not, it's not a lot that really needs to be going into. I gotta mention though, Brandon Cooks. We finally saw him ball out, so showed up Brandon Cooks in that one because he snapped for a big, big game too. So that's on gang blood. Speaking of Sam Howell, he did his darndest. He did what he could. He did all that he could. Uh took washington right to the end in seattle in that hostile environment hostile crowd there 29 26 win for seattle ultimately that's three straight games over 300 yards for young howell he's starting to really really blossom in this B enemy offense we're still seeing him make these rookie mistakes because he is by all other means he is still a true rookie out here right so he's turning the ball over
1: only one time though. But he's
0: learning from it, right? Yeah. He's not he's not you he didn't see him force any bad throws in this game. You saw him make a couple really cool, like manipulative throws that we've seen Off him script. do already in yeah. this in this season. Yeah, he looked good, man, and he gave them every opportunity to win the game and Gino uh Gino stepped up, man. Gino had a really rough first half. They've yeah. really been struggling offensively, like coming into this one, yeah. especially after that Baltimore defeat. Um They went six
1: quarters without a touchdown. Baltimore in the first two of this game. Yeah,
0: I mean, he just, he absolutely awoken in that second half and he he hit the kill switch and he really stepped up big when they needed him most. He ended up almost throwing for 400 yards in this one and most of that coming all in the second half. That's too, my right? fantasy quarterback right and there. You, baby. Yeah, you saw Tyler Lockett get involved for probably one of the very few times this year too and DK Metcalf did his thing. Um, interestingly enough, though, you're seeing Zach Charbonnet kind of like, He's, he's showing up for big yards and big big moments out of the backfield right now. I feel like that's probably something to keep an eye on going forward between him and Kenny Walker. Maybe more of a balance and touches there because they're two totally different running backs with different capabilities too, right? Yeah, this is
1: like uh, the second or third straight game that Zach Charbonnet has actually out uh Ken Walker. And that's mainly because he's very good at pass protection. Like, you know, he's... Uh, He's good at pass protection. He can catch the ball. Ken Walker, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ken Walker, but he's a very boomer bus player. Like, he's looking for the home run every time he touches the ball, and he's not afraid to bounce any run outside, even if there's a hole there because he just trusts his speed so much. But I will say, I think that that, that little, you know, two, three-yard pass in the sec, in the third quarter that Geno Smith hit Ken Walker On and he took a 64 yards to the house. I think that's kind of what jump-started Geno Smith. That kind of gave him confidence, and from that point on, you know, he was just slicing and dicing. DK Metcalf came up huge on that final drive uh, to get them in field goal range. Jason Myers was electric all game, uh, special teams player of the week for uh, the NFC and uh but yeah I was also very impressed with Sam Howell man in a hostile environment he had one fumble it was a great play by uh Spoon you know one of the better better yeah. rookies we've seen in quite some time but somehow he stood in there you can just see like like you mentioned to me earlier the speed the the clock in his head is speeding up in the pocket he's not taking as many dumb sacks he's getting out of the pocket he's changing up his arm angles he has a very over the top release. Um, that was one of his flaws coming out of college, and now you kind of see him getting out of the pocket, throwing it sidearm to Brian Robinson, who had a couple of big catches, almost two identical catches, a big touchdown, and another big catch and run. Um, I just love that how this off this offense for Washington operates. They spread the ball around. They don't really have a feature guy, even though they have really good receivers like Terry McLaurin
0: and Jahan Dotson. Yeah, so- that's a problem. Just to jump in, Jahan Dotson got no receptions in yeah. this game, and this is when um. Curtis Samuel just returned from injury for this game, and we saw earlier in the two weeks where Curtis Samuel was out, Jahan Dotson was an integral part of the offense, and he needs to be a big part of this offense, because he has these capabilities to hurt you, that I I don't think Curtis Samuel possesses that at all, and I think, um, yeah, even Sam Howell said, he's like, I gotta get more of the ball to Terry, for sure, in, in big situations, but I think, like... They gotta really get away to get um, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, he only involved, had man. two targets this game, yeah, and, and I don't enough. like.
1: I it, like this is just from what I saw. I mean, like Spoon is a tough matchup for anybody, and you know Spoon was on him a lot, and uh, but I I agree, man. Like McLaurin, this offense needs to go through McLaurin first, and then Dehan, Jahan Dodson Dotson second. But you know Sam Howell was finding the mismatches. You know he got like Brian Robinson had his best game receiving of his whole career as a running back. He had over hundred yards receiving um he's
0: having a big season too for he's having them, a man. good year yeah, man.
1: many men man my boy was shot last year He like, <laughs> don't give a fuck man the guy's a dog but uh yeah i mean again just gino for for as inconsistent as he's been all year there's no doubt about it he's got that clutch gene um that's time and a time again this year he's led led the team down uh down the wire to a comeback victory and uh, Boye boy coming up big again, six straight games with a sack, man, and, you know, a second-year player, he's really taking that leap this year, um, and yeah, man, I mean, I'm excited for this Rams-Seahawks game coming up next week, Matthew Stafford's a full go, I'm just looking forward to that tough divisional game, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, this is just my opinion, the Rams and the Seahawks, they always play tough games, man. They really do, so
0: I'm looking forward to that yeah, one. Yeah, they do. That makes this win even bigger because we already touched on the stretch that the Hawks have coming up too, so it's going to be a very difficult stretch of football coming up for them, so big win, big clutch win. Gino Smith got it done when it mattered most. Keep uh, balling, Gino. I need you, bro. And, uh, yeah, speaking of clutch clutch time, that boy's back, that little midget, that little guy Woo! cooking Kyler Murray, man. Kyler Murray balling in a big way, playing big out there, uh... Yeah, and I needed him to, so thank you, Kyler Murray. Fuck the fu- fucking Falcons, man. Fuck them in a big way, Fuck dude. Uh, looks like he found his new favorite receiver, and yeah, it's boy. not a receiver, it's the tight end, Trey McBride. My absolutely dog. snapping in this my one. great right there. He hit him on that game winning drive, too, for a big gainer. Eight, eight for 131 for him in that game. Yep. And uh, I gotta say, flipping to the Falcons, dude, it kind of really makes me beg the question where has B. John been? In the previous weeks leading up to this game, we finally saw him get his workload, and we obviously saw him produce, like, we expect him to, almost 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and still probably not getting enough work out of the receiving room as well for him. They also
1: had him punt returning, Uh, so, you know, Arthur Smith, I think this guy is an idiot, but whatever, he's finally kind of figuring out, uh, you know.
0: I think Arthur Smith got to go, man, for real. Like, there's so much talent on this team to not be leading this division right now with the Saints and the Bucks both sputtering right now. It's kind of, like, there's no excuse in my mind.
1: Listen, man, this team needs a quarterback. Tyler Heineke ain't the guy. Desmond Ritter ain't the guy. Well, they they just
0: combined to throw for under 100 yards. 70 pass yards. So, I mean, that's pretty rough, man. That's,
1: like, Tommy DeVito shit right there, dude. (laughs) Like, that's not okay.
0: Well, look at the talent they have, too. Like, what's the excuse? Like, you have... Drake London is a very capable receiver. Kyle Pitts and John U. Smith, that's probably like one of the better tight end duos in the whole NFL right have now. A good O-line. B. John, and you know who hasn't got any touches this year, which I'm shocked about, is Cordell Patterson, because we've seen this guy be a real utility knife for this team, like yeah. Debo Samuel in san francisco running the ball returning kicks and receiving yeah. very capably and now he's getting no touches so it's kind of perplexing yeah
1: he's a swiss army knife and i don't know what the deal is there it's just another arthur arthur smith master class refusing to give his great players the fucking ball so i mean the, shaving your mustache did nothing for you pal um back to the drawing board for you what a dick yeah dude. I know. shaving your mustache during november like, like what, what you're a, you're a, a fucking, fucking asshole, ass clown dude. buddy like right, let's just move on like
0: you don't deserve this shit honestly
1: <laughs> kyler good for you the fact that you came out and got this w um you know two days after the brand new call of duty released i mean that just shows, that's special that's, that's special, special man, man. That's we know special. this guy's addicted to call of duty but to come out here and lead the win, all jokes aside, he played really good. Uh, coming off an ACL ACL injury to just show the speed that he had. A couple of big scrambles. Um,
0: yeah, he didn't look scared to run either. No, he, he didn't look scared ready. to run.
1: And these are big games for Kyler. He's this. This is a new regime. This is a new coach, a new general manager that didn't draft him. And they're in play for, like, a top pick. And this is a pretty quarterback-heavy draft. So these are big games for Kyler Murray to prove himself yeah, to an this addition. team. it's an It is. And, you know, year. that's a good start for him. And, uh, you know, he missed a couple throws. He missed Ma- Marquise Brown on a wide-open touchdown. But first game back in 10 months, no training camp, no OTAs. I expect him to get better and better. I mean, the talent's clearly there.
0: Yeah, and no surprise... um they just look better with James Conner back, too, man. I mean, he's just a great fucking running he back, sets dude. The tone he really is. Awesome, he's man. a hard worker. He's a grinder, and yeah. He's
1: a cancer survivor. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's We respect the fuck out of this guy on the Gridiron Game podcast. There's
0: no doubt about that. Big time, man. So, yeah, I mean, awesome. Love to see them winning. Love to see the Falcons losing, so...
1: And honestly, Kyler Murray... Arizona Cardinals, Houston Texans coming up. That, that's a that's Pretty a, excited for that one. You man. know, I love quarterback matchups. That's another great quarterback matchup.
0: We've gotten a few in a row with uh, Houston and CJ in, in those. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped for that one, man. Yeah, moving on. We're, we're talking about quarterback matchups. This was a shootout, a good old-fashioned Western shootout in the West, in L.A., Detroit coming in. 41-38 win, and there was no fucking defense whatsoever to write home about in this one by either team, Jesse. This was just good old-fashioned can you get the last shot? Like, yeah. period. Are you going to have the ball last? So Yeah, and
1: it was fourth down under two minutes to go. The Chargers, no timeouts, and Dan Campbell proves to the world that he's got an absolute set of nuts on him, man. Yeah,
0: even Goff said he's got steel balls oh, or whatever that quote was yeah. after. I mean, you know no, that, Dan Campbell really doesn't give a fuck, man. You know and, that, and I mean that in the best possible No, way. I
1: totally agree. You know that gif of that South Park guy with the wheelbarrow nutsacks? <laughs> that is Dan Campbell in the fucking cut, man. <laughs> this guy is fearless, man. He sets the oh, tone man. for this franchise,
0: lot No, I mean, what an epic fucking win, man. This was just such a fun game to watch. I have really, like, Herbert finally, like, he's back. He showed, he he. this is what we talk about with Justin Herbert. This is the skill level this yeah. guy really has. He is so fucking good when he's at his best. Keenan Allen is just turning back father time. This guy is literally having... A remarkable season he's right up in the top five of receivers this year oh yeah he's had two or three monster performances went for 175 and two touchdowns well injured in this one too he was definitely battling a couple yep. of knocks throughout the game as we saw um but really the story for detroit was just the efficiency from everyone on the offense jared goff has been remarkable like absolutely sensational for this team was once again so 330 yards 333 sorry two touchdowns no turnovers yet again from jared goff but it's this dual running back man we were all wondering what's going to happen with monty coming back what's the touch is going to look like and they were very split like very even we saw both of them super efficient monty broke free for that huge 75 yard touchdown But it's Gibbs, man. Gibbs is just getting better and better, and he's not only looking faster, he's looking stronger. He's looking like, I'm going to kill you when I'm running through you now, where at the start of the year, he was kind of trying to find his role, might have shown some timidness here or there, because he wasn't getting many touches, didn't want to make any mistakes. Now we're seeing a fearless Gibbs, and he's really starting to take over games, dude.
1: Yeah, Gibbs is special. I mean, he's got speed, he's got hands, he's got good vision, and it's all starting to come to life for him. They got a really good two-headed monster. They got one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, they deserve a big shout-out. And, you know, Pene Sewell sets the tone for that offensive line. Shout-out Oregon Ducks once again. But, yeah, he sets the tone, man, and their offense is just so balanced, man. Just whether they're passing, running. Uh, Ben Johnson, like we said it time and time again, he's one of the best play callers in the NFL. I'm excited to see Where he's going to coach next year, if I had to guess right now, I would say, you know, the Buffalo Bills should maybe give that guy a call to help with their superstar quarterback who's struggling. But, you know, you want to talk about Gibbs. You want to talk about Monty. Why don't we talk about St. Brown, too? It's another big game for him. You want to talk about Keenan Allen. This guy really reminds me of Keenan Allen, Eli.
0: Listen, man, I saw a mind-blowing stat from I, I can't remember what receiver draft it was, but they showed it during the game, and it was Amon Ross St. Brown on top of Chase, on top of whoever below him, with the most yards, the most catches, the most everything. Like This guy deserves big respect, man. This yeah. guy's gone over the 100-yard mark in all but two games this year. This guy is fucking sensational. You can't stop him. No, you can't. he, he catches, His chemistry with Goff is ridiculous it's at ridiculous. this point.
1: He catches five, five a game minimum. You know, he's, he's a machine, he's an intermediate machine, um, and from a team that doesn't have, like, a, uh, a, a, like they have a decent receiving core, he really stands out, and, you know, he, he was a fourth-round pick, man, like, you know, I understand Chase going ahead of him, but I don't know about anybody else, like, De- like this guy, to me, is better than Devontae Smith. I think he's personally better than Jalen Waddle too, man.
0: Yeah, I think I remember hearing a story where like he keeps this list yeah, of every like single Yeah, there's a bunch of receivers ahead that he has this list of that he's keeping stats on And and,
1: and you know, these guys who slip in the draft like that um it kind of puts a chip on their shoulder you know some of these guys who get drafted in the first round I'm not going to mention any names (laughs) like Jerry Judy but you know they kind of just come in the league thinking they're going to be stars and you know they might not work as hard they might not you know give it their all and then you got guys like this who get drafted third fourth round Puka Nakula fifth round guys who just come in day one work their tail off and they're just hungrier than some guys man
0: yeah and it's it goes even deeper than that because like I remember hearing like depending where you get picked in the draft you get like this sponsorship money that goes along with it as well well too yeah. like that you get like these like kind of similar to nil deals in college yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. too right so like yeah you're just grinding harder because you got to earn it at that point and yeah. i i don't know man like this guy this guy's seriously like boy is he ever good man and not a lot of people ever mention him along the likes of like a tyree kill no. of a aj brown of a jamar chase justin jefferson but he's right up there man no, Like 100 he man. deserves to be spoken in that regard and man.
1: you know just it's crazy because we talk about, you know, this was Justin Herbert's best game of the year. And it just shows you that even when Justin Herbert has these great games, that it they can't just lose, win. man. It this can't team's win. a fucking joke, man. It's crazy, They got though. the worst fucking pass defense in, crazy. like, the last 10 years, man. Like, they, they can't give up less than 300 yards a game. Brandon Staley is a fucking defensive coach. They got the highest paid defense, you know. Um, yeah, the Chargers are going to charge her. I feel bad for Herbert because, you know, he's struggled this year, but even when he comes and has a game like this, it's just not good enough. Like, it's not that it's not good enough from him, but it's just not enough to win the game.
0: And it's like, um... How do you not win with 38 points, bro? No, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But I also want to say, just for Herbert's case, like, I know his broken finger's not on his throwing hand, but everything that you do in football... Like you're touching the ball with oh, both yeah, hands yeah. as a quarterback, and I'm 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 not making excuses, but it's gonna fucking hurt and it's gonna throw it off. It's like you don't want to take there, as many so. snaps under well, center. They're in shock on every, in play, shock in every play, and that changes the whole dynamic of they that can't offense. They
1: the ball.
0: Like. I, Eckler's getting like two yards of carries. He's like, dropping passes. Like he's like. the new Najee Harris at oh, this point because I can't even keep hitting Najee Harris down because he keeps. He's keep, He's, now, tar- he's <laughs> starting to really turn the corner there, so. Eckler's the new Harris for me now. So and you know what's funny, you're man, gonna get ripped every week he, now yeah, until you fucking do it, buddy.
1: Bald fuck. You know what's funny too is Eckler made a fuss about his contract this offseason and you know? <laughs> he's, he's had he's had one or up, two dude. good games, but like yeah, he's just not living up to uh all that fucking mouth breathing he was doing in the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, so. no kidding, man. So what do you think about San Fran now coming off this bye week? Thirty four to three win absolute domination they rolled into jacksonville and rolled out there, standing up like fucking kings after this one this was a crazy good performance jesse against the jacksonville team that was rolling coming in here
1: yeah man and like you know we kind of talked about um off air through text and whatnot like debo samuel just sets the tone for this offense you know he might not get the ball every play because they have so many playmakers but When they come out with their boombox entrance, he's at the front every single time. He's fucking dancing, he's rapping, he's he's just ready to gang up, man. And, like, he just sets a tone for this offense. He brings that swagger, and, like, this is a more confidence team when he's available. Uh, They had Trent Williams back. But I'm just really impressed with this defense, man. Steve Wilkes, he, he came down from the booth to call this game. He came out from the very first drive with five defensive linemen. Uh Chase Young and Nick Bosa wrecked havoc and they moved Chase Young around. Like he wasn't just outside all day. They moved him in the too, middle. Man. He looked yeah, really man. good this dude. defense. They look scary. Um the offense with all these playmakers, healthy. They're unstoppable in my opinion. I think when, when this offense is healthy, it's the best offense in football. Uh Brock Purdy, he he's he, he had a great game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that first touchdown he threw to Brandon Ayuk was one of the worst decisions (laughs) that he's made since he's been a 49er, and I don't blame him, he threw it in a quadruple coverage, but it was a touchdown at the end of the day, and uh, yeah, the Jags really struggled, I mean, their offensive line got absolutely torched, and uh, I think, you know, all season we've been seeing Trevor Lawrence get the ball out quick, under 2.5 seconds, and that just kind of hides the deficiency of the offensive line. The Jags do not have a good offensive line, Eli. Nope. And anytime he has to hold the ball over two and a half seconds, he gets harassed. Uh, he ha- he struggled this game big time. I mean, he had a couple of turnovers, a couple of picks, or one pick and a fumble. I can't exactly remember. But uh, yeah, they got, they got shellacked. But sometimes a loss like this against a really good opponent can help a team grow, Eli.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point that you make on the offensive line because it's as you just spoke to um, his ability to process so quickly is like, it differs from people getting to him faster. Right. And, it, they were there so fast in this game yeah. time and time again. Like, they were, like, literally two or three bodies in the backfield in yeah. a fucking snap of the fingers. Like, the
1: very first snap of the game. Like he
0: didn't even have those two seconds to even yeah. consider working through. And I, I guess the only negative you could say for the 49ers from this game was CMC not getting in the end zone. I like, that, sure that's quite matches. literally the only knock you can have. And I was, like, nervous watching at the end of the game because I've seen stupid injuries happen when games are out of hand. It's 34-3, bro. And I get it. It's a, it's a historic right, thing. I I mean like in terms of like writing history as a legendary athlete I think these guys all have these egos right they all want to be at the top of these history books and you could tell like even in his uh post-game interview he he was joking around saying he sucks but you could see in his eyes he's fucking crushed that he didn't get in the end zone but But you don't take a chance as a coach you step in and you say that's a number that doesn't matter there's one thing that matters and that's the Super Bowl and if you get hurt here our chances go down the fucking drain without CMC back there. So
1: that's what I don't. That understand. freaked
0: me out in yeah. a big way seeing that at the end of the game because they were literally all swarming at him too. So yeah, I don't really know what else to say from this except for incredible performance. Both sides of the ball, they just played way better, played way harder, way more physical. George Kittle now three straight games. This guy's an instrumental part of the offense, and as we saw in years past. This team's a lot better when Kittle's getting involved. We saw earlier in the year him having, like, very little catches, sometimes with one, sometimes with three for little yardage. And they were winning, but they just look better as offense when he's rolling along with them. Make
1: no mistake about it, George Kittle is the second best tight end in the NFL. There's not a doubt in my mind. Anybody who says otherwise, I'll fight you to the death. Uh, (laughs) Like, the guy blocks his ass off. He's explosive. And, uh, yeah, he's just unbelievable, man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> to the death unto the death yeah and now the 49ers you know they they just reminded us this is what we you know this is why you this is what them. we expect with the 49ers right this we, is
1: why you picked them to be in the Super Bowl This and, performance right
0: here and I picked the Jags too so not taking sides there I <laughs> like it's they, all good, the Super Bowl don't happen in one week baby no, we got no, a long ways to go to yeah, end the season maybe that's the revenge game that the Jags will need at the end of the year we will see but it's the 49ers taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks at home. <laughs> Next week, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be at home against the Tennessee Titans. Big division Next game, week man. as well. With
1: Houston coming around here. Too.
0: Big, big, big game for them for sure. Because Houston's rolling. And speaking of the Bucks and the Titans, they just played each other this week, and it was not really much of a contest. We saw Will Levis struggle. Very mightily against one of the more susceptible defenses in terms of yards in the secondary this year, Will Levis, unable to get anything going, completed less than 50% of his passes in this one, and a large part of that was the inability to get Derrick Henry going in the run game and open things up as well, because he was shut down 24 yards on 11 touches, and Probably the best Tampa Bay's defense looked all year, Jesse.
1: This defense is completely different unit with Vita Vea in the lineup. Yeah, he's a presence. Yeah, there you he go. He had a he had a monster game. They like he's 330 plus pounds, and he they lined him out on defensive end on a couple pass rushing downs, and he got a huge sack against Will Levis. His helmet was like hanging on the side of his head. He was flexing all over the place. Really, really strong performance. Nice ba- bounce back performance by the Tampa Bay defense. Huge game for Mike Evans yet again, and Baker continues to impress, bro.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm loving... (laughs) Like, I swear, I I mean, there's a reason why I gave Baker my comeback player of the year, because I just love the way this guy plays football, man. Like, this guy's exciting, dude. Every single week, this guy's putting his heart on his sleeve, and he's going out to win a fucking game by any means necessary. Like, he absolutely does anything he can, and his team loves playing for him. Like, I've heard these guys speak so highly about the energy that he brings to this team. Mike Evans, just another huge, huge game. I think he's dealing with some sort of quad issue. they reported today, too. So they're really going to be hoping to have him back for that big game for them next week because now they're right in the midst of a crazy divisional battle in the NFC South where it's It's really up for grabs. Like, there's three teams who could just go ahead and take it right now, and they're all going to be playing multiple games against each other to end the season. So, I mean, like, they got everything to play for. I'm not going to spend a lot more time talking about no, this one no. because it was pretty straightforward. Everyone kind of saw no. pure domination. Will Levis game. coming
1: back to reality too a little bit here.
0: Yeah, and we see that sometimes. Sometimes guys are no bu- buzzing off adrenaline game. for like the very first game. No one has any idea of how they're going to play when they're matching up against them, this and that. And then things get harder in the NFL. There's not a lot of guys who can just have immediate success in the NFL. But we're going to talk about one in a bit who is having some immediate success and not stopping. But That's right. Before we get there, we'll get to Cleveland-Baltimore. This was a fucking crazy game. 33-31 win for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this was just wild, dude. Like, Deshaun Watson literally could not have looked any worse to start this football game. He was absolutely fucking brutal. Could not complete a pass. Immediately picked sixth on like the very first throw of the game. Yeah. And then we saw Lamar Jackson... Vice versa, at the end of the game, he looked fucking terrible, man. He literally could not do anything against this Cleveland Browns defense in the second half. So That's this right. was a game of absolute two halves, and it was just madness all the way through. it really was. Like I didn't think Cleveland had any chance of winning, dude. At so the start, it
1: was announced today. We woke up and Deshaun Watson done for the year. Broken bone in his throwing shoulder, high ankle sprain. But it's the broken bone he's having such, uh, surgery on. I do not like this guy. At all. I think he's a scumbag. I think it's the worst trade in the history of the NFL, maybe sports. Sports. But I will give him credit, man. He's very tough. He's very tough. He broke his shoulder in the second quarter. He sprained his ankle in the second quarter. He finished the game. Terrible first half. 14 of 14 in the second half. Comeback win. Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter. 1 of 5 for 11 yards, Eli.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's hard to even wrap your head around. It really is. Because, like there was at no point in the first half of this game like even when Cleveland got a couple field goals or whatever at the end of the second quarter I just I was like let's wrap it up like this game's done you yeah. know like they're they're just not gonna come back like and Lamar White literally like starts the third quarter that slant to Odell and Odell hit the gas like that was probably that was, the,
1: vintage Odell. That
0: was like the fastest I've seen Odell run in yeah. years and I was like okay like this is it this this game's yeah. like literally done at this point yeah. and Yeah, and the next thing you know, everything changes, and it changes in a hurry. And man. he
1: had a pick six to Newsom. Uh, Miles Garrett, sack and a half. Cleveland Browns blocked a field goal. This defense wins games for this team, Eli. Uh, Deshaun Watson played a very good second half. They were able to run the ball, but I think the story of this game is the Ravens weren't able to sustain many drives. Other than four, five, six big plays. You know, 34-yard touchdown run by Mitchell, 40-yard uh, slant touchdown by Odell, another big 30-something-yard catch by Mitchell. Other than that, like, it was just, you know, it was sluggish offense from the Ravens. They couldn't get in a groove. The Cleveland Browns have a very special defense. They have a Super Bowl defense, and they now do. with this, this injury at quarterback, I mean, who knows what happens, but uh, this defense is good enough to keep them in every single game, in my opinion. They got a big one coming up against Pittsburgh, but... Yeah, it's a tough. The Ravens just seem to blow these these games in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I
0: feel like I've seen this like way too many times in the past man and like we kind of spoke to it earlier like not not on our pod as well, but it's like Lamar Jackson, you know, he's got this narrative to overcome especially in the playoffs now, right? He has a 1 in 3 all-time yep. record in the playoffs, but he's going to have to answer questions about his clutch gene, right? Like it, eventually this guy's too good to not be competing and going deep into playoff runs. I don't care how good the AFC is. He's now in, I don't know how many years in the league at this point and he's yet to make that run. And this is the team this year where he has no excuse, but to make that run on. So yeah, these are things that you're going to want to see Lamar learn from going forward because he's just simply like, like we've said, like, you you just called it out halfway point MVP and there's no question that he could be deserving of that I'm title. I fucked up. I fucked there's up. There's no question that he was playing at that caliber level, playing the way he's playing in the pocket now and everything. But like,
1: no, he blew what, it. What one man. thing?
0: One thing that I question with him, and I probably shouldn't because it, it's kind of out there, and it, it might it might sound like I'm like accusing him, but like. There's, like, a crazy competitive drive that you see some guys have where they just refuse to fucking lose under any circumstances. Patrick Mahomes immediately comes to mind. I just want to see Lamar, like, literally grind his ass off in one of these playoff games and refuse to lose it, you know? Like, just literally get dirty, swear at your guys. I want to see some emotion. Like, this guy keeps a lot of his emotion internalized, and, like, I, I get you want to be under control like that, but like, look at Brady, man. No, like, no, 100%. look at these greats. These greats let it out when they need to, when they have, when they know the moment's slipping away, and they're trying to bring it back. Like, let it out, you know. Like, let your guys know you're the fucking leader. You're gonna get them to the promised land, and I just want to see that this year because this is the year of his development, where I think we're gonna see it.
1: Quite frankly, I think you could put Josh Allen in that same category. He's definitely. I know Josh Allen is a competitor, but he's just such a like a guys guy. Like you know, he never like you see Peyton Manning on the sideline. If somebody fucks up, they're getting sunned they're right now. Oh, they you know. Tom like, Brady, Drew Brees, same way. You don't see that with Lamar. You don't see that with Josh Allen. You see it with Mahomes. You see it with Burrow. And
0: the thing is, Jesse, with these alpha males, they respond to that. They want to say, I want to go to fucking war with yeah, this no, guy I now. Understand. They don't shy away. If you're literally born to win and you're born to take these games... When your leader, your quarterback saying that to you, get the fuck up and go out there with him. You know what I mean? That, that, and like that's what I love to see in football more than anything. That's man. what makes
1: our guy CJ Stroud so special as a rookie bro. Yeah, he's, he's got so Yeah, he's
0: got that presence already and like there's a few guys in this league like they got that presence in a big way, man, and it really separates when it matters most. I feel like so. I just want to see that from Lamar at some point and this year.
1: They have an absolutely massive game coming up on Thursday night. It's huge! Man. It's huge, man. Both teams coming off a loss—Ravens, Bengals—that is. This division kind of wide open right now. All all four teams in playoff contention. I mean.
0: Yeah, this is probably like at this point of the year the biggest game there could possibly be because. Not only can Baltimore say, like, we're going to take a commanding lead in this division, they could literally eliminate Cincinnati from a potential playoff appearance with a big win here. Like, Quite
1: frankly, if man, you get
0: Cincy to 5-5 five and five and everyone else in this division is three games ahead of 500 or better, then Cincinnati's going to have to win out, basically, to yeah, get into the playoffs. And also, so.
1: like, if Cincinnati wins this game... The Ravens fall to seven script. and four. Yeah. Cleveland and Pittsburgh play this week. Whoever wins that game takes over first place in the division. Eli.
0: Yeah. So there's there's so much up for grabs. Like what a, November what a, football, baby. Yeah. What a great week of football we have ahead of us here, and that that's just yeah. I mean like. You're talking about some of the best teams in this division going head to head on a Thursday night. I mean, in all of football, going head to head Thursday night. Can't wait for and it. And You know
1: damn well that uh, in Joe Burrow's, he's gonna take this game like a playoff game. Oh, for sure. And that's when he, but that's when he's at his best, Eli.
0: Yeah, Joe Cool comes to play when 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 it gets cold outside. Let's just put it that way, man. In this time of year, this guy shows up in a big way. That's on gang. That's on gang, and that's on the Good Iron Game podcast. And this is the Houston Texans. Woo at the Cincinnati Bengals. This was a great game, man. Man, we hyped it up and boy did it ever live up to the hype. This was special. This was a special, special, momentous win. I thought we saw it last week from CJ Stroud. He just won up himself this week because sure not only did he play incredible, but he bounced back from some adversity in the game as well, which we didn't see against a near perfect performance against the Bucks where he led them to victory. I keep on saying it every week. I'm a broken record at this point. C.J. Stroud orchestrates a game-winning drive. Yeah. This guy's a fucking rookie. Yeah. The Houston Texans are five and four. They're literally rolling in a playoff spot as of right, seven now. Seed right now. They're the seventh seed. They're in the wild card spot. Right, right back now. from the division, game and they and just slayed battle. a giant man. Yeah. They just slayed a total dragon out yeah. there. It's fucking incredible to witness. I love watching it. It's a pleasure. It really is, man.
1: C.J. Stroud, man. It's just you know. I'm just gonna come out here on the pod. I told you I was gonna say this. I'm a huge, you know, Trevor Lawrence, my favorite quarterback. You gotta move, move over, sunshine. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is CJ Stroud. I've been chasing that that Peyton Manning guy for me. I'm I'm never gonna not be a Broncos fan, but like, I'm hearing these guys on the on the broadcast booth saying that CJ Stroud is texting, uh, f- like like plays of of uh, sh- texting film to his players up until midnight Saturday. This guy's a rookie doing that shit. Like, that, this guy is so mentally prepared for this. Um, it's insane, man. And, like, it's just one 20 yard throw after another 20 yard. Like, this guy ain't a bitch, it's man. Awesome, it's one man. 20 yard throw after another. T- I, I think he's already the best intermediate 15 to 25 yard thrower in the NFL. Um, the guy's sensational, man. Like, he really is. Uh, the, this quarterback do uh, matchup lived up to the hype. Joe Burrow played a really good game, he had a couple of picks. Uh, CJ Shroud had three turnovers, but they like Joe Burrow led them right down, and what what could have been a game winning drive, and then CJ just answered with his own game winning drive, and uh, you know it's tough for the Bengals. Ty, uh, Tyler Boyd dropped that touchdown on third and goal, uh, from the from the nine yard line. Perfect pass, right right hit him right in the hands, and you know I'm not saying that CJ Shroud wouldn't have came back and done his thing, but it just it, it, a field goal wouldn't have counted. He would have had to do it get a touchdown right and. I love that Joe Burrow came out after the game and stood up for his guy Tyler Boyd. Said that they're going to need him down the stretch. That's what elite alpha leaders do. And uh, I just this game was incredible to watch. The Texans, uh, quite frankly, dominated this game. I mean, the, the Bengals came out it's hot really on that first drive, and then they were in a two quarter lull where they couldn't get anything going on offense. It was and then crazy could... to
0: watch because Burrow couldn't get a first down. No, for exactly. The
1: and, then, and then and then they kind of got it going in the fourth quarter. Sheldon Rankins for the Houston Texans three sacks he had a whale of a game um this was yeah man this was it felt like a playoff game man
0: yeah and what really really came to mind at the end of the game for me was just devin singletary man like holy shit did they need that in a big way they have not got any run game all year and then out of nowhere boom this guy explodes he gets a 30 touches out of the backfield which was crazy turns it into 150 yards and a touchdown and man like They needed every last bit of that. Like, as good as CJ Stroud was throwing for over 300 yards again, over 350 yards even, it's like they controlled so much of that possession and so much of that ball, and they really wore down this Cincinnati defense, especially in that first half going into the second half when they literally just couldn't sustain a drive at one point in that first half. And I think ultimately, like, you just saw tired legs at the end of the game on that last drive, and CJ's getting them diced up and gets the win, so... I, th-
1: I thought CJ short a lot too because he had a terrible interception. It was almost a pick six and at that point they were firmly in control. Uh, you know the the Bengals got a touchdown. the Texans came right back out and went three and out. The Bengals came down and got the got their field goal and then CJ Stroud just made a stones game winning drive to show that as a rookie, Short-term memory, it's very impressive stuff, Eli.
0: Yeah, and that's in all sports, man. Like this was
1: in Cincinnati. Yeah,
0: that's the crazy part, man. Like, doing that on the road against a team like this, a team that's, like, quite literally rolling. Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's a special win, man. It's a really special win, and this kid's just really special. I really can't remember anything like it. In my lifetime of watching football, what listen he's doing, if the
1: if the Houston Texans can win their division, this guy is gonna be in the MVP. Yeah, game
0: and rightly so. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's not even out of the question at this point. Like, I mean, like they're 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 going against everyone now, saying we could win. Like he doesn't care who no. the fuck he's going and up this against. This team bro.
1: believes like they want to play for him. Like we were saying, he's got that alpha that alpha mentality. He brings that great leadership and. I'm just really excited for the, to watch him the rest of the season. I know a couple of weeks here, Broncos-Texans, I mean, that could be a huge fucking game oh, yeah. for playoff implications.
0: Oh, yeah, in a big way. Um, yeah, so they're rolling, and guess who else is rolling? The Minnesota Vikings are fucking rolling, and they absolutely torch-dominated my uh, nearly in Saints in this one. The scoreline doesn't reflect the domination. 27-19, it was disgusting, horrible performance, once again defensively from the Saints. Joshua Dobbs, the Dobstronaut, as you call him, whatever the astronaut. Whatever the fuck his name is. This guy is just not slowing down. This guy's sensational. He literally looks like he's been in this uniform all season. The way that he's orchestrating the plays from the playbook. The way that he's generating uh large gains with his legs over and over again. Yeah, and I mean like I don't really know what to say here, man. This is like it's so mind blowing to me how many circles I've gone around with this fucking Saints team this year. It's like one one week we're looking incredible offensively, one week we're looking incredible defensively. This week we look fucking terrible both on the offense and the defense, and it was just such a big game, such a huge opportunity to take a real stronghold on the division at this point in the season. We saw Derek Carr go down with a fucking pussy injury again. This guy's a fucking bitch, I will tell you right now. That happens to a guy like Matt Stafford. He ain't going out of that game. That happens to a number of guys. They're not going out of that game. Not in this big of a game, Derek Carr. Not when you're instantly cleared two days later saying you're totally fucking fine and your shoulder's good to go. Fuck you buddy, you're a fucking bitch That's all I could say This guy's choking me out all year Jesse You know know, it at this point I'm over it, I'm through with it We saw Jameis Winston literally do what Jameis Winston does Not give a single
1: fuck Two two touchdowns, (laughs) two
0: incredibly terrible interceptions Comedy football Every time this guy gets to play But man, I'm really sick of it I'm sick of Derek Carr I'm sick of this team There's like, If they don't make the playoffs even this year It's just a huge embarrassment man Listen,
1: the bright spot, and I know you don't want to hear about the bright spot, they're still in first place in the NFC South, they're in their bye week, so hopefully they can get right, come out of the bye, firing on all cylinders, they gotta get their defense right, this is a defensive team that needs to be led by their defensive unit, Derek Carr went back to his dink and dunk bullshit, which is what I noticed from watching some of this game, Eli, and Jameis Winston came out and just let it fly, and like, I don't know, man, I don't know, you know, like, maybe you gotta give Jameis Winston the start, I know it won't happen, but... You can't just dink and dunk it in the in today's NFL and no, expect to win games.
0: Yeah, and that goes down to the Pete Carmichael again too, yeah. man. Like I'm, I'm sorry, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. They're not cut out for the NFL, man. Not in the roles that they're in, at no, least. No. Like maybe like Pete not, Carmichael could be like a water boy or something yeah, in yeah, another yeah. life, and get Dennis Allen as a defensive coordinator because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. he deserves that. But Pete Carmichael, go fuck yourself, bud. Like you're just not doing your job. Not even close enough. That's- this is not acceptable. Like I mean, it's it's just sad, man. It's really sad, like. I'd almost rather see Taysom Hill starting at quarterback at this point cuz at I least know, he makes man. things happen, man.
1: I know. And that's 5 straight wins for the Vikings now. Um, you know, Yeah, Josh, they're rolling, man. Josh just Dobbs rolling. so electric outside of the pocket. He's still not like anything special throwing inside the pocket, but once he gets out using his legs whether he wants to run or pass, he's just so, 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 so lethal outside of the pocket. What
0: did you say to me earlier about TJ Hawkinson? He's like third he's in the third league in the reception. League in receptions, like, man. that's crazy. And, like, he's know, having a quietly huge year. Yeah, for this he's team. having
1: a great year. They might have Justin Jefferson back this Sunday night and what is all of a sudden a massive game in Denver. Two of the hottest teams in the league. I can't wait for that. And uh, like we said, the Saints are on their bye week, so they look to get healthy, get right, and come back out of their bye looking good for the second half of their season, try to make a statement and pull ahead on this uh, pretty wide-open NFC South, Eli. Yeah,
0: yeah, no kidding, man. I'm not talking about them anymore, man. That's it. No,
1: we got Listen, it's exciting times for Eli. He doesn't have to stress the fuck out this weekend. He can just enjoy the slate, watch whatever the hell he wants, yeah. and hopefully this, this I can finally right. put
0: this disgusting shit on my head for at yeah. least one <laughs> week, so I'm looking forward to that. Anyways, dude, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, now I'm just depressed talking about <laughs> this game. 23-19 win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Somehow Pittsburgh could win every fucking game despite being outgained. It's like...
1: Mike Tomlin. Mike, I can't
0: really like... get my head around this, what this team is doing. This is quite literally a crazy, crazy scenario to me. I said at the start of the show, Raiders, I was shocked with them being 500. Well, Pittsburgh 6-3, and three, that is just fucking mind-blowing, man. There is just no world in which these things add up in my brain to Pittsburgh being 6-3. and three. I will shout out the run game in this one. I already mentioned earlier. I can't keep ripping on him. He's playing well now. Najee Harris had a good game. Still not the best runner on the team though. It's no. Jalen Warren yeah. leading the way. He broke a hundred yards for the first time this year. Got the touchdown, and they're winning games with Kenny Pickett doing nothing, dude. Like, got like it's six wild. Touchdown passes. It's this wild, week. man. At least he's not turning the exactly, ball over. Yeah. I will give him credit on that. But Pittsburgh's winning games in the craziest way they ever can all year, dude. This
1: is going to be crazy thing to say, but I thought this was the best game Jordan Love's ever played in <laughs> his career too, man. He made some really, I know he had two picks and, and a costly pick at the end, but he made, he was finally aggressive, you know? He was finally kind of letting it rip a little bit. He had some really nice throws. Uh, you know, the two touchdowns stand out to Jalen Reed and Romeo Dobbs. Uh, you know, another guy that the gridiron game boys like to harp on, A.J. Dillon kind of had a big yeah, game he did. for them. You know, he, he had did. like nine carries for 68 yards, something like that. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. T.J. Watt's sack, he continues to shine. Uh, other than that, I got nothing, bro.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, like, really questioning at this point, too. Like, what's going on with Aaron Jones? Like, is this guy, like, way less healthy than he's leading on to be? Same,
1: same with Christian Watson, bro. Yeah, like, it's... Both these guys, they look like they, they, they're they not quite as explosive as they usually are. They're not really, f- feet, like, I think, what, what, what was Jones? He was like nine carries for like 30. 35.
0: 13 for 35 yards. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just not Aaron Jones, no. you know? Like, that's not what we've come to expect from this guy. He didn't and
1: do much in the passing it's been game. been like that all year, except for one game, game, too, man. Yeah, I know. I think he's probably, I think both these guys, they've been dealing with their hamstring injuries all year. And, and I think. Sometimes
0: that, when you're playing through it, it's almost like you're better off, like. I know all these guys want to play, but like, just take that extra week or two off and get yourself yeah. healthy because you are gonna hurt your team. If what are you're you guys rushing, even playing for? If right you are rushing for two yards of carry, yeah. you are not gonna help your team. You are three
1: and six; you are way out of it, bud.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's just something that came to mind because he's just like, especially Aaron Jones too, man. Like the amount of volume we usually see him get, like you just kind of expect a lot more from this guy. And yeah, there's, they're twenty six. They're
1: twenty six. They're twenty seven and four. Uh, in games where he has a hundred yards from scrimmage, so
0: that's he it. is the key to winning. Right? Is, I mean, yeah. that statistically yeah. backs it up. But, so
1: I mean, he doesn't look healthy to us, uh, and you know, it's it's the, you know, a healthy Aaron Jones, this team could be completely different. But I could say the same thing about Watson too, though he doesn't yeah. quite look as explosive. as No, his first he's season. he's lost a step for yeah. sure already.
0: It looks like, and that could be in large part with injuries, like hamstrings, especially all the cuts you do in the NFL. That's gonna definitely come back and haunt you. So. Yeah, Jesse, I just want to take a moment to apologize to all of our German fans in Frankfurt uh, who had to witness what they witnessed this week. That's just sad. It's sad to bring a football game of that standard across overseas to fans that are hoping for something special. That's dog shit, man. man. That's just dog shit for these teams. These guys are entertainers, and they're going out, and they're not entertaining a fan base that has not experienced NFL football before, so... Yeah, it's a sad situation out there in Germany. Yeah,
1: ten six win for the Colts over the Patriots. Um, Mac Jones terrible interception at the end of the game when when all he had to do was throw it over that linebacker's head for a wide open touchdown. He gets benched and Bailey Zappi just is like, "Hold my fucking beer, buddy." Fake snap <laughs> or fake spike, throws it into triple coverage. <laughs> Another t- that was actually hilarious. Another dude. terrible interception. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this Bill Belichick-led team. I don't know what's going on with Bill Belichick. I don't have much else to add to that. The Colts didn't do anything special besides their defensive line was very good. Five sacks. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is like the lone bright spot for the fucking Patriots week after week. Other than that, man, I don't know. How, like I used to, The Colts are 5-5. Five and five. I don't know how the hell they're 500, like the Raiders. gardner Minshew's trash. He really is. Jonathan Taylor didn't do anything. I know he got the touchdown, but, you know, he was, like...
0: He struggled mightily in this
1: one. 3.7 yards per carry. I don't know,
0: man. Yeah, this was just bad offense by both teams. And, like, there's a difference between watching a game with good defense and watching a game with bad offense. And, like, you know, I really want people to take note of that because good defense deserves to be rewarded and acknowledged, but this was a horrible offensive display of football by both teams and I'm not taking away from the defenses, but this is in large part to miss executions on both offenses, and it was just ugly to watch early, early on the West Coast here, too. like that a.m. Like, that, well, that's man. a game that will put you right back to bed, like, for real. I took, real like, run.
1: 17 cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, of and that, that's that. all. That's
0: what it's going to take to get through that. You got to be highly caffeinated because that was a real snoozer, man, and that was a disappointing way to kick off the Sunday slate. Thankfully, we got better games after that. So. And
1: also, I just want to say, like, the Colts-Patriots' legendary rivalry from when me and you grew up watching football. My God, Peter is that Manning ever dead and, and gone, man.
0: My God, is that ever dead and gone, brother. It's gone, dude. It's gone. Never coming back. Not with these teams, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so Thursday really wasn't much better, man. It's kind of the same story. It was kind of like, why are they forcing this game down my fucking throat on Thursday night? The one and eight Panthers, the three and seven Bears, sixteen-thirteen win for the Bears. It was just so bad, man. Like this was just so bad on both teams. Like
1: the Carolina Panthers <laughs> from like the very top David Tepper, the owner to the bottom, dumpster fire. Like Frank Reich today just announced that he's taking back over play calling duties two weeks after giving them up. I mean, like, <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say, man. Shout out DJ Moore. Shout, Montez Sweat played his ass off. He had yeah, eight yeah, pressures. Great it's game. the most pressures that a Bears player has had since Khalil Mack. He played really good. I feel bad for Bryce Young. That offensive line is terrible. Their playmakers are terrible. Their running backs are terrible. Ugh, I don't got much else to say about that game, Eli
0: this is such a bad fucking game. Like, I'm over here yawning at this yeah, point. I like, I can't even even talk... Like, what can you even make of this? Like, I mean, other than Dante Foreman, like, I mean, like, I guess Running he's, hard. like, the lone bright spot. Like, at least he's... And DJ Moore. Yeah, and DJ Moore, when he does get his touches, which are far and few at in between, point, because should... of a net quarterback play, but, like, it's like, holy crap. At this point, bro.
1: they should just line DJ Moore up in the backfield and give him 30 carries a game. No, like, seriously? <laughs> just let him run it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, just just
0: put all your quarterbacks on the bench I mean Justin Fields just turn him into a running back yeah. get the wildcat going yeah. on every single fucking play and let one of those three guys run it a
1: really quick thing to say before we move on because it's just nothing quite there's really nothing else to say <laughs> besides this but Ty, Tyson Bajan, does Tyson and Tyler I, I don't know, don't know. <laughs> Agent Bajan, uh, two and two now as a starter. <laughs> Uh Justin Fields, <laughs> six and twenty-five. <gasps> and you know, it was just announced today that Justin Fields oh, is gonna God. start this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. So yeah, anyways, let's let's get into this uh, our gridiron gang performers of the week, Eli. You want me to kick it off or please. Alright, man. We're gonna go with our coach of the week, <laughs> my boy Sean Payton, going into a hostile Buffalo Orchard Park. Four and home. Bills at home. Four and this year. at home, seven and a half point underdogs. Me and you might have been the only two guys that thought the Broncos were going to win besides the Denver Broncos. Huge win. Huge, huge win for the Broncos coming off their bye week, coming off that emotional victory against the Chiefs. Um, I thought I think Sean Payne's a great game day coach. He seems like these last two games, uh, he's really shown like he's got the perfect game plan for some of these games. Um, Sean Payton and Sean McDermott had some legendary battles in the NFC South when Sean Payton was the head coach of your Saints and Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers so that was one, one reason why I was really confident heading into this game, I knew Sean Payton would know their, de- their defensive scheme ran the ball down their throats, Russ was efficient in the, in the, in the red zone and just a couple, like, just executing those end of half and, and, and end of half, first half and second half, running the field goal kick, uh, kicking unit out there Flawless, you saw You saw Buffalo choke with 12 guys out there at the end, and Broncos did that seeming, seemingly perfect. So, shout out you, Sean Payton. He had the glasses on in the third quarter, the granny glasses. He was locked the fuck in. He is in his bag, and can't wait for Sunday Night Football, baby.
0: Yeah, they roll in now. Um, our Offensive Performer of the Week is going to C.D. Lamb. He's taking over the league now. This is three straight huge games in a row for CeeDee Lamb. Went for 11 ca- uh, catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. This is now three straight weeks for him with over 11 catches and 150 well plus over 150-plus yards. That's an NFL record. So. Yeah, so CeeDee's cooking. He's really, really stepping up to the plate for this Cowboys team who's rolling big-time offensively. Um, our rookie performer of the week, uh, it was kind of a toss-up this week we're gonna go with CJ Stroud though because it's just such an incredible victory that he orchestrated yet again come from behind game-winning drive the guy's a rookie this is his first year he's looking like a seasoned vet well over 350 yards again and just the grit and tenacity to lead his team to victory on the road hostile environment in Cincinnati get the Houston Texans in a playoff spot as of right now I don't know how many analysts were saying before the year, Jesse, that Houston had a chance of being in the playoff None. spot this many weeks into the year. All I heard was the analysts before the year saying, C.J. Stroud isn't intellectually smart enough to lead a football team. Well, you guys could shut the fuck up right And we now heard C.J. Stroud
1: say that he ain't a fucking test taker. He's a football player. He's, and he's a football player,
0: that. straight up, man. So congrats to C.J. Stroud. Honorary mention goes to Jameer Gibbs, who's doing his thing down there in Detroit City balling out he's really really elevated his game in the last few weeks especially with Montgomery coming back to still play the way that he did big game for him and our defensive performer of the week we're gonna
1: go with Nick Bosa uh, first game with Chase Young on the other side he had a sack and a half and he had a forced fumble strip side where he just straight up took the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands uh, this defensive line led by him absolutely electric this was what we were expecting all year from him and the uh, and the San Francisco defense and uh, yeah we look for them to keep their momentum up keep them rolling um, mm-hmm. you know he had a sack against Baker in college where he he did the the Ohio the uh, yeah. the Oklahoma flag plan on him and so we lo- we're looking forward to that game.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it was such a big, big win, too. Yeah. Like, on the road in Jacksonville against that team that was rolling. like Five what game win streak for cra- Crazy, crazy defensive performance. Keep them off the, the end zone in that game. Huge win. Huge performance by Nick Bosa. And, yeah, I think that we, enough, that, so. that'll wrap it up for this week. Yep, that'll completely wrap us up. Gridiron gang, we out. Keep it 100. Week 10 review. Peace out, guys.